Section 5 of A Treatise on Bread and Breadmaking. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tatiana Chichilla. A Treatise on Bread and Breadmaking by Sylvester Graham. Fermentation. Chemical composition of flour. Yeast. Modes of preparing it. Substitutes for it. Fermentation and its products. Vinous, acidous, and putrefactive fermentation. Having procured good wheat, cleansed it thoroughly, and got it properly ground, and placed in the meal room, the next step is to take a portion of the meal and manufacture it into good bread. But in order that this may be done in the most certain and perfect manner, it is important that the properties of the meal and the principles concerned in bread-making should be well understood. According to the statement of Professor Thompson of Edinburgh, one pound of good wheat meal contains ten ounces of farina or starch, three ounces of bran, six drams of gluten, and two drams of sugar and it is because wheat contains such proportions of these substances that it makes the very best loaf bread. The farina or starch is the principal nourishing property. The saccharine matter or sugar is also highly nutrient, but in the process of making loaf bread, it serves mainly, by its vinous fermentation, to produce the gas or air by which the dough is raised and the bread made light. The gluten is likewise a very nutrient property, but in loaf bread it principally serves, by its cohesiveness, like gum elastic or india rubber, to prevent the gas or air formed by the fermentation of the sugar from escaping or passing off, and the gas being thus retained inflates or puffs up the dough, and makes it porous and light. The bran, with its mucilaginous and other properties, not only adds to the nutritiousness of the bread, but eminently serves to increase its digestibility, and to invigorate the digestive organs and preserve the general integrity of their functions. The wheat which is raised in Virginia and the southern states generally contains a larger proportion of gluten than that which is raised in the western part of the state of New York. Hence, bakers are able to make a larger loaf of bread out of a pound of southern flour than they can out of a pound of western flour, and consequently some of them have endeavored to make their customers believe that southern flour is the most profitable. It certainly is the most profitable for the baker, but it is not the most profitable for the consumer. The next thing indispensably necessary to the making of good bread is good, lively, sweet yeast, or leaven, to produce what is called the pannery, or more properly, the venous fermentation of the saccharine sugar. Some bread-makers will do best with one kind of yeast or leaven, and some with another. I have generally found that people do best with those materials to which they have been the most accustomed, but I am sorry to find so general a dependence on breweries for yeast. To say nothing of the impure and poisonous substances which brewers employ in the manufacture of beer, and which always affect the quality of their yeast, I am confident that domestic yeast can be made of a far superior quality. However light and good in other respects that bread may be which is made with brewer's yeast, I have rarely, if ever, seen any in which I could not at once detect the disagreeable properties of the yeast. There are various ways of making domestic yeast. One of the simplest, and perhaps the best, is the following, which was communicated to me by one of the best bread makers I ever saw. Put into one gallon of water a double handful of hops. Boil them fifteen or twenty minutes, then strain off the water while it is scalding hot. Stir in wheat flour or meal till it becomes a thick batter, so that it will hardly pour. Let it stand till it becomes about blood warm, then add a pint of good lively yeast and stir it well, and then let it stand in a place where it will be kept at a temperature of about seventy degrees Fahrenheit, till it becomes perfectly light, whether more or less time is required, and then it is fit for use. Or if it is desired to keep a portion of it, let it stand several hours and become cool, and then put it into a clean jug and cork it tight, and place it in the cellar where it will keep cool, and it may be preserved good ten or twelve days and even longer. 
Another way by which yeast, when thus made, may be preserved much longer, and perhaps more conveniently, is to take it when it has become perfectly light, and stir in good Indian meal until it becomes a hard dough. Then take this dough and make it into small thin cakes, and dry them perfectly, without baking or cooking them at all. These cakes, if kept perfectly dry, will be good for several weeks and even months. When yeast is needed, take some of these cakes, more or less according to the quantity of bread desired, and break them fine and dissolve them in warm water, and then stir in some wheat flour till a batter is formed, which should be kept at a temperature of about 60 degrees Fahrenheit, till the yeast becomes light and lively and fitted for making bread. Others, in making this yeast, originally put into the water with the hops a double handful of good clean wheat bran, and boil them up together and strain off the water as above described. Others, again, boil up a quantity of wheat bran without the hops, and make their yeast in all other respects as above described. The milk yeast is greatly preferred by many, and when it is well managed it certainly makes very handsome bread. The way of making it is simple. Take a quart of milk fresh from the cow, more or less according to the quantity of bread desired, a little salt is generally added, and some add about a half a pint of water blood warm, but this is not essential. Then stir wheat flour or meal into the milk till it forms a moderately thick batter, and then cover it over and place it where it will remain at a temperature of from 60 degrees to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, till it becomes perfectly light. It should then be used immediately, and let it be remembered that dough made with this yeast will sour sooner than that made with other yeast, and also that the bread after it is baked will become extremely dry and crumbly much sooner than bread made with other yeast. Yet this bread, when a day old, is exceedingly light and beautiful, albeit some dislike the animal smell and taste which it derives from the milk. In all these preparations of yeast and dough, it should ever be recollected that the process of fermentation cannot go on when the temperature is below 30 degrees Fahrenheit, that it proceeds quite slowly at 50 degrees, moderately at 60 degrees, rapidly at 70 degrees, and very rapidly at 80 degrees. If, therefore, it is desired to have the yeast or dough stand several hours before it is used or baked, it should be kept at a temperature of about 50 degrees. But in the ordinary way of making bread, a temperature varying from 60 degrees to 70 degrees, or about summer heat, is perhaps as near right as it can well be made. Professor Thompson gives the following directions for making yeast in large quantities. Add 10 pounds of flour to 2 gallons of boiling water, stir it well into a paste, let this mixture stand for 7 hours, and then add about a quart of good yeast. In about 6 or 8 hours, this mixture, if kept in a warm place, will have fermented and produced as much yeast as will make 120 quartern loaves, of 4 pounds each. A much smaller quantity can be made by observing due proportions of the ingredients. To raise bread in a very short time without yeast, Professor Thompson gives the following recipe. Dissolve in water 2 ounces, 5 drams, and 45 grains of common crystallized carbonate of soda, and mix the solution well with your dough, and then add 7 ounces, 2 drams, and 22 grains of muriatic acid of the specific gravity of 1,121, and knead it as rapidly as possible with your dough. It will rise immediately, fully as much if not more than dough mixed with yeast, and when baked will be a very light and excellent bread. Smaller quantities would be required for small batches of bread. A teaspoonful or more, according to the quantity of dough or batter, of supercarbonate of soda dissolved in water, and flour stirred in till it becomes a batter, and then an equal quantity of tartaric acid dissolved and stirred in thoroughly, will in a few minutes make very light batter for griddle or pancakes, or if it be mixed into a thick dough it will make light bread. Good lively yeast, however, makes better bread than these alkalis and acids, howbeit these are very convenient in emergencies, when bread or cakes must be prepared in a very short time, or when the yeast has proved inefficient. 
we see then that wheat meal consists of certain proportions of starch gluten sugar bran etc and that in making loaf bread we add our yeast or leaven in order to produce that kind of fermentation peculiar to saccharin matter or sugar which is called vinous and by which the gas or air is formed that raises the dough but the sugar is an incorporate part of every particle of the meal and is therefore equally diffused throughout the whole mass and hence if we would make the very best loaf bread the fermented principle or yeast must also be equally diffused throughout the whole mass so that a suitable portion of yeast will be brought to act at the same time on every particle of saccharin matter in the mass but let us endeavor to understand this process of fermentation to speak in the language of chemistry sugar is composed of certain proportions of carbon oxygen and hydrogen the yeast acting on the sugar overcomes those affinities by which these substances are held in the constitutional arrangement of sugar and the process of decay or decomposition of the sugar takes place which is called vinous fermentation by this process of decay two other forms of matter are produced of an essentially different nature from each other and from the sugar one of them is called carbonic acid gas or air being formed by a chemical combination of certain proportions of carbon and oxygen the other is known by the name of alcohol and consists of a chemical combination of certain proportions of carbon oxygen and hydrogen carbonic acid gas is also produced by animal respiration or breathing by the combustion of wood coal etc etc and in other ways of nature and of art but neither in nature nor in art is there any known way by which alcohol can be produced except by that process of the decay and destruction of sugar called vinous fermentation the carbonic acid gas produced in the manner i have stated is the air which inflates or puffs up and swells out the bread when there is sufficient gluten or other cohesive matter in the dough to prevent its escape if the dough be permitted to stand too long in a warm place the fermentation having destroyed most or all of the sugar will begin to act on the starch and mucilage and destroy their nature and produce vinegar and therefore the stage of it is called the acetous fermentation and if it still be permitted to go on it will next commence its work of destruction on the gluten and this is called the putrefactive fermentation because it in many respects resembles the putrefaction of animal matter the vinous fermentation therefore by which the dough is raised and made light may be carried to all necessary extent and still be limited in its action to the saccharine matter or sugar leaving the starch and gluten and other properties of the meal uninjured and this is the point at which the fermentation should be arrested by the heat that bakes the dough if it be permitted to go beyond the sugar and act on the mucilage and starch and produce acidity the excellence of the bread is in some degree irreparably destroyed the acid may be neutralized by perlash or soda so that the bread shall not be sour but still something of the natural flavor of the bread is gone and it is not possible by any earthly means to restore it and this injury will always be in proportion to the extent to which the process of the acetous fermentation is permitted to go in destroying the nature of the starch and the bread will be proportionably destitute of that natural sweetness and delicious richness essential to good bread yet it is almost universally true both in public and domestic bread-making that the acetous fermentation is allowed to take place and saleratus or soda or some other chemical agent is employed to neutralize the acid by this means we may have bread free from acidity it is true but it is also destitute of the best and most delicious properties of good bread and generally by the time it is twenty-four hours old and this is particularly true of baker's bread it is as dry and tasteless and unsavory as if it were made of plaster of paris many bread makers mix their saleratus or soda with their yeast or introduce it when they mix their dough so that if the acetous fermentation does take place the acid is neutralized by the alkali and therefore not being perceived it is supposed never to have existed and the bread is called sweet and good especially if a small quantity of molasses be employed in making the dough 
others far more wisely withhold their alkali till the dough is raised enough to mold into the loaf and then if it is found to be in any degree acid a solution of saleratus or soda is worked into it so as just to neutralize the acid and no more this is infinitely better that no have sour bread which after all is almost everywhere met with yet the very best bread that can be made in this way is only second best happy are they who can make good light and sweet bread without the use of molasses without suffering the least degree of acetous fermentation to take place and without employing saleratus soda or any other kind of alkali the third or putrefactive stage of fermentation rarely takes place in domestic bread making but it is by no means uncommon in public bakeries indeed it is thought necessary in the manufacture of certain kinds of crackers in order to make them split open and render them brittle and cause them readily to become soft when dipped into water but dyspepsia crackers and all other kinds of bread made in this way are to say the least of them miserable stuff for besides the fact that all the best qualities of the flour or meal have been destroyed by fermentation the great quantity of alkali employed in neutralizing the acid is necessarily injurious to the digestive organs End of section five